On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about the offensive side of the draft and then give a nice Packers three-round preview. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Time running out in the first half. Rodgers is going deep for Valdez Scantling. And he's got it! Into the end zone! Touchdown, Packers! Marquez Valdez Scantling. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hi, hi, hi. Yo, I was about to say I'm so ready to be done talking about the draft, but I'll put it this way. In 30 minutes, I'm going to be ready to be done talking about the draft and just get to it. It is crazy that it feels finally here. And it's uh, I mean, we've all spent our fair amount of time looking at prospects, thinking about what this draft could be like. So. I'll put this out there, not necessarily as a straightforward question, but more open-ended. Are you guys as excited as me at the potential that this draft isn't a, we need this, we need this. It's more a, we like this or we'd like this kind of player, which I think is almost one of three or four teams in the league that comes into this draft looking to just upgrade depth and skill rather than find potential key figures of offense or defense yeah i mean this is the first draft in a while with the packers where i i don't think i'll be upset with anything they pick because i know they're gonna pick whatever's best value be careful be careful Uh, careful. (laughs) you have it on recording folks (laughs) but uh but no i honestly feel that way i i don't think there's a bad position they can pick in the first the second third i mean i I honestly think that they, they are set up to have a very very productive draft yeah we said that last year but if you look at the existing roster the starting lineup you're comfortable with going into week one already and maybe you know if you go position by position which we won't but maybe guard right tackle is like the weakest spot but you got guys that can play and that's an awesome position to be in because if you hit they can start or be a rotational guy if you miss it shouldn't affect your starting lineup like it it's in a Awesome position to even draft guys in rounds like two through five that are more about we want to give them a year to develop because we see a expiring contract in 2022 that mm-hmm. we need to address. So, yeah, they they have a ton of flexibility, and I think that speaks to uh, I think they have a ton of options to move up or down based on what other teams do. If a guy's fallen, if a guy they want to go get, we, we've got some picks to make those moves. I expect at least one move from the Packers, and if it's trade down on night one, it's always – just like taking the the wind out of the sails, being like, we waited this long and you didn't do anything, but it, it might end up being the right move. I don't know. Yeah, I think there is a thousand percent chance that the Packers move up or move down. This seems like such a trade happy draft for the Packers, not only because of the multiple compensatory picks, but the fact of when you're at the end of that first round, you actually have the most flexibility of you know where a guy is going to be at 20, and you also know if they're going to be in day two. So there is going to be movement for the Packers. I hope it's not giving away rounds for a, a third-string quarterback, but who knows? Who knows? So 
We're going to start off by last episode. Go back and listen to it. We looked at all the defensive players that we love from this draft. This episode, we're going to focus on the offense, and we're going to start where the Packers won't at wide receiver or <laughs> Who do we like? You know, who don't I like at the wide receiver position? Yeah, this is all Josh. Everyone just <laughs> lift your drink, I'm, hit I'm, me. I'm, and... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from a lot of the first-rounders um, just because I don't think that – um, I, I don't think the Packers will go wide receiver in the first round or even early rounds um, that we, we're pretty loaded at the position. We're just missing, you know, that number two that we've always talked about. But like you saw last year, when Tunyon steps up, do we need a number two? So with all that said, my number one guy that I really hope that they actually get is Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, he's green, you know, he's got a lot of work to do, but he made, he, he makes people miss. Um, he could easily fit in Lafleur's system. Um, he'd be a better option than Tyler Irvin in that motion back position. Um, they could possibly even line him up at running back, uh, in, in shotgun right next to Rogers. Um, he, he's a, he's a guy that you could plug into the offense across the board, um, and can do multiple different things with this offense. So I hope that they go that direction. I'm waiting for you to jump in with like your 18th wide receiver yeah. that we need to draft in the sixth <laughs> just, round. Yeah, let's just get it over with. So you're not even going to bring up a certain individual from Florida? We're not even after all those text messages. I'm not even I'll, I'll bring them up. I'll him. bring them up. So if they draft anyone, I do want them to draft Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Let, after watching film on this guy, and I've just watched it for fun. I've watched a whole entire game today on this guy just because he's so fun to watch. He gets open. He's got sprinter speed, um, and his hands are phenomenal also. Um, and then I was watching NFL uh, Network today, and they pulled up a stat. He made 30.3% of uh, eligible tacklers miss their tackle on him, which is an insane stat. So normally he makes the first person miss. Um, and no matter what, that's a good weapon to have on your team because <laughs> just give him the ball and he'll do the work for you. Yeah, with all the overage rates I had to pay on the text messages coming in from Josh in the last three weeks, I, I thought you had like a 10-minute <laughs> segment on wide receivers for us. But I, I, I like your approach. I, I agree with you. Help me, Lord, if they draft a wide receiver in the first round, just the the amount of commentary we're going to hear on that take. But I'm, I'm in that group. I, I think the existing crew we have, I'm fine if we don't do anything. I understand if we – do take a guy that adds some versatility and and projects out for a nice you know three four year run with the team, but I don't think we have to make a splash with a big playmaker. No, and, and there's plenty of guys like later on. I mean, even Elijah Moore, he's fallen to the second round. If you want to go him, Dwayne Eskridge, Ryan was bringing him up today. A Sage Sherratt out of Wake Forest, solid route runner, great hands. Uh, even Satan Brown out of USC. We have his brother on our team. This guy might actually be better than his brother. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's quality guys to be had. I just don't know if it's a need for us, really. Here's here's the biggest reason to grab one. If you look at the entire receiving course contracts after next year, mm -hmm. there's there's pretty good possibility that you got turnover in everyone except for Devontae Adams. So if you, if you can get a guy in that even if he just maxes out as a slot type receiver and not big enough to play full time on the outside, 
you know, get them a year of grooming and see what you have before you have to have some huge turnover next year. And I'm not saying we have to have huge turnover next year, but salary cap wise, it's a very good possibility that none of these guys are back except for Devontae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's a looking- good point. And and hopefully, obviously, with there actually being fans in attendance, knock on wood, the, the cap should go up. So we should have a little bit more flexibility. But it's a perfect example that we kicked off this episode by saying the Packers are in a prime position to carve out this role of what this receiver is. And so you have a lot of speed in this draft, a lot of guys that could be a slot guy for the first couple mm-hmm. years. MVS leaves within that two year chunk. They're adding muscle. They're adding size. Now they become the new MVS of go long son. So I I think it's really interesting. Uh, Yeah. Dwayne Eskridge, I believe the Packers have given him a look. They're one of only three or four teams that have gone and said, yes, we will take this Western Michigan product. The last guy I had was Tutu Atwell out of Louisville. The only thing I don't like about him is he is small at five, eight, but Similar five to, eight, yeah. so he's really like five six. <laughs> yeah, so similar. <laughs> but is he one hundred sixty five? One hundred sixty five, perfect. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> it's a situation where similar to Ayuk last year, I love the fact that Ayuk actually was a running back in high school, so he was thinking about vision, and it wasn't until college where they made him a receiver. Tutu Atwell came out of Miami Dade as the county player of the year, which. Miami-Dade is no Mm -hmm. joke when it comes to football, and he was actually a quarterback, passing for over 4,000, rushing for over 1,500. So he Mm. has vision of the field, which I actually love about him. So everybody that we listed, uh, there's obviously going to be injury concerns because the slot guy is going to be smaller. So it's you. you're really looking at can you catch lightning in a bottle – for just breakaway speed that we have some fun and whether it's updating Irvin or, or finding kind of that that pathway that they're a kick returner, they're a gadget guy, whatever the case may be, I feel a lot better of that thirdish fourth round for somebody like that, which gives us the possibility of not having to worry about the stud receivers that are going to go in the first. So. Mm-hmm. so let's change gears to a group that I – I've thought about more than just about anything the last three months, and it's the offensive line. Ooh, you got to crush yourself. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So here's what I'll say about this. Uh, There's a lot of concern, not concern, but there was the disappointment that Lindsley is no longer here, which would you rather have the number one center in the game or a top six running back in the game for the same price? Uh, Sorry. Sorry, Lindsley. Have fun with every other Packer that's with the Chargers organization. So the second thought is there's talk of, well, who fills in for him? And really it's come down to Jenkins or Lucas Patras. And I, Patrick, and I hope it is the latter because not only do I think Jenkins needs to stay right where he is next to Bakhtiari, but I think Lucas Patrick actually could be a very decent center where instead of having to worry about that lateral movement, he's keeping everything in front of him. I think he would actually be really, really awesome center. Played it a little bit. I think it's a natural transition. So my yeah, so what, are, what are the boys at our lads know? Because our lads depth chart, I go to. Even throughout the year for the opposing teams, they do a, a better job than the team's actual official websites on updating um, who's starting versus rotational players. And they have left guard John Runyon, center 
Elton Jenkins, right guard Lucas no, Patrick. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, do love Runyon, but not in not that scenario. <laughs> you know, but but with Jenkins, you know, being proving that he can lead the offensive line and be that center this past year, I think it I think it opens up you know, more options to pick an offensive lineman. And then in this year's draft, there actually are some centers, you know, that I wouldn't mind and that have played guard position. Also, Let's talk about yeah. it. I'm in love with like five it. of them and they're oh, all five. in rounds. They're all in rounds two through four. Okay. Well, my number one, who, who's probably around three ish, four ish around there. Josh Myers out of Ohio state. Nope. Wrong. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, proven winner. Uh, he, he's with a great program uh, with a good quarterback for multiple years. Um, and he's fantastic in the run block uh, scheme. So I, I would love to see him right up the middle. You know, he does need to work a little on his pass blocking. Um, they say with his hands too, whatever that means for offensive linemen, he needs to get better with his hands. Come on, Josh. Um, but, I, I think it's a good good possibility. Um, and let's see who uh, who you got, Ben. Who you got? All right. I mean, where do you want me to start? I'm going to start with the guy that you'd have to get in the second round, and I'm I'm pretty hopeful he doesn't go in the first due to injury concerns because he's had two different ACLs. But Landon Dickerson out of Alabama is my formal man crush this year, hmm. and it's it's more about his personality. So he's starting center on Alabama. Everyone knows the history behind that team. He tears his ACL, and for the championship game, he comes out in full uniform anyways, knowing he can't play, but he's like, I'm still going out with my uniform on. They're winning, and of course, they put him in to still snap the ball, and the team rallied around him in such a way that you could tell, personality-wise, this guy is a leader in that locker room. Now you flash forward to the pro day. Mac Jones is throwing the ball. He's got all the attention. Mac Jones is doing an interview on the sideline, and you see in the back, this clip actually went viral, Landon Dickerson doing cartwheels in the background off to the sideline just to be a little goofy. And he comes over, and he's sweating in the armpits, and he's just cracking jokes. He's like, yeah, I'm nervous. There's a lot of people watching. I'm like, all right, I'm in love with Landon Dickerson. You could be a Packer any day, every day. So he performed on the field, and he's got a great personality off of it and in the locker room. I take him in the second the other guy I'd be real excited about, similar position, can play any interior uh, position for us. So however you want to mix that guard-center-guard combo up, it's Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. He I was love their, him. Yep, he was their starting center for three years and did not allow a single sack. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. If, if you can pick him up in the third or fourth, steal. And, and they're, they're saying like every single NFL scout is says he's plug and play ready. Like he's ready to go. So it sounds like you got to go get him in the third. He ain't going to be there in the fourth. But we, we got enough picks to sort of make these moves that when you see that guy available and you need to move up 10 slots to go get him, just go get him. Like waste a sixth round pick that's not going to play. Let's go get one of these guys. We're building out depth in that line where if, if your starting line right now is John Runyon and Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner, that's okay. But if you can get one of these guys and by week six or eight, they're ready to play. Well, now you've got a solution and, and your line's looking amazing again. Like it, 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 we're in such a great spot. And which is what question I wanted to pose to you guys, because it's uh, I, I. I would say that there is value on keeping Rogers blindside perfect, that you have two of the best players in the NFL that could do that job that I wonder, is it better to get that second or third 
best center in later rounds or the, you know, first or second round offensive lineman and then Jenkins moves over. It's just it's a it's an interesting situation to have that. Do you get somebody and save those other picks? And it, it comes back to what's available at the board at that time. But if if the Packers first two draft picks are offensive linemen, I won't be upset. It, it it's a year to get offense alignment because it's a year for people who might last a decade on your team. So I have well, no problem with them going offense alignment early and not to nitpick to that statement, but I think that would require some movement because of where we're picking. If you look at the tackles, I mean, you, you notice we haven't mentioned a single tackle yet. It really falls off after the fourth tackle. So Sewell, Vera Tucker, Vera Tucker, Slater, and Darisaw probably all go before the Packers draft. And then the rest, to me, feel like second or third round guys. So if you're going to take a tackle-guard combo, that you know the guards, I still think, kind of start in the second round, the ones that we'd be able to get. Uh, so I, I still want to see a corner, a secondary guy. I, I guess I mentioned it could be a safety. Don't be surprised if it's a safety. But I still want to see the secondary addressed early and then go take the second or third best center in the second or third round. I'd I'd be much happier with that. And I'll probably hint towards that when we project our first three picks. So with that, we're talking about offensive tackles. There is somebody outside of that core three, and he's actually my number two love affair of this draft. Cosme out of Texas. Go off, Ryan. I, I... think he fits this mold of the Packers team. His number one kind of negative is body position, that he bends a little too much on blocking schemes, that he's not quite set up right on the line of scrimmage. Those are things we can fix in the NFL, I would hope. But the thing I love about him is he played 21 games starting for the Longhorns at left tackle, 13 at right. So he's, he's balanced out in terms of where he played. And in his senior season, 368 snaps, two sacks, no flags for an offensive tackle guy. So he's disciplined, he's focused, and he does his job. And I just love the thought that you have Bakhtiari, you have Jenkins, Turner, Patrick, uh, Runyon, and now this guy, where all of them could play any position on the line. Like it, you're literally putting your six to seven best offensive linemen in which you have confidence that wherever they end up on that line, they're going to do their job. And so I, I think he's probably a second round pick. It might even be a second. And then you got to bump up a little bit. But if you find the ability to get a guy, anybody that we mentioned that, hey, left, right injuries, we saw, I, I would say 14 out of the 16 games last year was a different lineup. Uh, and so to have that flexibility, but also that quality is something that puts the Packers in this top five category of the entire NFL. We, we've got to bring up one uh, one more name for our Wisconsin faithful, the old UW Whitewater standout Quinn Marin. How do you say <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the dudes from Canada. I love him. Um, he, he's an ex-wrestler, so really good mm-hmm. uh, center important. body weight. Um, and he also can dunk, and he's at 6'3". He's not a 6'7 monster. He's 6'3". He can dunk, and he weighs 320 pounds. I wouldn't mind having him on our team. That's and all I'm saying. He blocks trees in his free time. Remember when J.J. Watt said, like, I'm building this cabin. That's where I'm going to go work out. And the media just ran with, like, he's off in the North Woods. 
Well, Quinn Menners is actually doing that. He's got some cabin somewhere, and he's just out there, like, lugging tires and doing uh, pass block sets against trees. Like, <laughs> the dude is a true mountain man. And the level of competition doesn't scare me. He won – he went down to the senior bowl, and he won 58% of his reps in the one-on-one drills against top-notch competition. So the Whitewater, mm-hmm. you know, level of play his entire career, they've got him probably going – I don't think he'll sneak into the first, but uh, probably a second-round guy. So you'd have to nab him up quick. Yep. If you want a big body, you mentioned Quinn's only 6'3". There's a guard out of Georgia, Ben Cleveland. He's 6'6", 343. Holy cow. He played 600-plus snaps, so only half as many as Cosme, Ryan's crush at tackle. But he only allowed 13 pressures in 600-plus snaps at Georgia, playing some top-notch competition down there. And that's a guy I think you can get in the third or fourth round too. So it's it's funny hearing our excitement talking about offensive line when we were just talking about receivers like, oh, yeah, there, there are some good guys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll, like, let's go talk about them hog mollies. Them the big men are sexy, yeah. <laughs> I think it just makes more sense where the Packers are. Remember coming out of the loss in the NFC Championship game, we said, I wonder if we had Bakhtiari, if we had – just that yeah. singular guy at left tackle if we score one more touchdown and we're in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to kind of do this massive grouping for the remainder of this offensive side because quarterback, we maybe we <laughs> pick it a seventh rounder. Running yeah. back, maybe this is another mid to late day thing. But And then tight ends in that group as well. So what do we have for kind of this this the hot players in terms of tight end, running back, and quarterback? I, I just got a couple names um, here. My, the, my one big crush that I, I hope he falls to, you know, either if we get another third-round pick or fourth round, um, Tuba Hubbard uh, out of Oklahoma State. I have watched him for a couple years now, and I just love how he runs. He is so low to the ground. He f- breaks through tackles with ease. And he has speed that of a sprinter. Um, Having him sit for a year would be like a luxury, you know, just just like last year with with the running back crew in Green Bay. You know, we had three starters. Um, Let's have that again. You know, it's not a bad thing to have, you know, backups that can just plug and play. And I think this guy is that guy. He, he, He lined up a lot in pistol. Um, he ran most of the time um, in shotgun formation, not eye formation. Um, so he knows how to run this offensive system and has great hands, too. So that's my one crush. And then the other guy is a tight end. Not a lot of tight ends can block this year. So that's a little sad because I was hoping we could find somebody late that could just train under Mercedes Lewis and just beef him up, uh, get him some milk and cheese and, he'd, you know, get really fat. <laughs> um, but this guy, uh, more like a DeGrara. Uh, like last year is a, I think it's Kylan Grayson out of SMU. Um, great hands. Uh, he does not drop the ball and he's great in the middle of the field, uh, even taking hits and still catching the ball. Um, so just a, just a, you know, he, he mostly a special teamer, but I think he'd be better than let's, let's be honest, Jace. So uh, anyone would be better than Jace, I think. So yeah, yeah that, those are my guys. Poor Jace, poor Jace. Yeah. I, I don't care about picking the third quarterback. It's an arm for camp and then a practice squad guy. You need a third running back. I, I don't think Dexter Williams is a game day roster come week one. Uh, so I would say a guy like Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech is pretty interesting. I think you can go get him in like fifth or sixth round 
a little more of a pass catching threat. Uh, you know, if Aaron Jones misses a week or two, then you can hopefully plug him in at that point and play a similar role while you still got the ground and pound with AJ Dillon. Um, so that would be my choice there. And tight end, I went through the whole list. There's a Notre Dame guy that I could favor, uh, but my problem was the existing roster. We have four tight ends, and I don't know how you carry five. So I'd, I just left tight end alone. But maybe Khalil Herbert at running back late pick would be my my flyer pick. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the Notre Dame tight end that I like, uh, Tremble. Uh, so just doing this for Dan's ego, but <laughs> but I think it's a very good point. Um, and the way I think of it, I, I don't like this tight end group. It's a lot of sloppy play, especially on the blocking side of things. But Tremble stands out in blocking rather than actual pass catching. Although, I mean, he, he's still going to be an NFL player that's able to catch a ball. But yep. to have him sit behind Mercedes Lewis and develop even further that now you have Tunyon as the scoring threat. You have Deguara as this gadget everywhere on the field guy. And then you have Tremble be this young, near-perfect blocker. That's where I get excited because Sternberger, I, I don't know what he becomes anymore. I, I Between the injuries and the inconsistency, I don't know what he becomes. So I'd rather have that fourth tight end on this team be a guy that I know is developing in order to make this three-headed tight end monster that we can have hopefully for the foreseeable future. So I, I do like him a lot. And running back, I actually view the exact same way as this wide receiver draft of I want speed. I don't want to see Dexter Williams anymore next year. I'm okay with having that running back that is either a catching threat or he goes zero to 60 in a split second and he comes in for five, six carries at most a game. And he just, it's literally a touchdown or a one yard run and I'm fine with it. So whether it's Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana, whether it's good old Puka Williams, uh, out of Kansas, somebody that's going sub four three ish as a running back, uh, obviously going to be smaller. I really like Garrett Patterson, who was a stud at Buffalo, not getting enough Mac love, but just somebody that is literally a fourth or fifth rounder that's better than a Dexter Williams. Like that's again this beautiful thing of improving our team through, through these later picks. I I'm a hundred percent on board. Tight ends, a blocking one, QB, I don't care, running back, give me yeah, just some, a laser. QB, some guy that can throw for two months and then sit on the bench the rest of the year. So let's do, Correct. real quick, let's do each person go through your round one, round two, round three projection. And do we all agree there's 10 bucks from each person to anyone that actually picks it correctly? Like, you can name one person. If that person gets picked, the other two owe you. Oh, yeah. Because the, the odds yeah. are pretty low, so <laughs> it seems Wait. like an easy bet. Do, do, does one roll through all three at once? We got to rotate, right? So. No, that'll take forever. One roll through all three at once. Okay. You want, okay. you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Round one, I've made my point in two podcasts now. We need secondary help. Kevin King's got his one-year extension. I don't trust the guys behind him to be a starter. I think we got to go get Greg Newsom. He's a great player out of Northwestern. I'd be real happy with letting him play slot, be versatile wherever he sort of fits after training camp and project him as a starter in 2022. Round two, 
I had us initially until about five minutes before we hit record getting a wide receiver. And Amari Rogers was the guy. and Josh brought him up today. But the more I thought about it and the closer I got to committing to drafting a wide receiver in round two, I just couldn't do it. So here's my pick. We actually trade up for, I'm going to put in air quotes, the guy that's falling. And that's not the actual name of the guy I'm going to put here. But there's going to be a guy that falls. And we've got these third and fourth round picks that we can trade up. Maybe you throw Jay Sternberger into that package to trade up and move up, you know, 15 to 20 spots to go get that guy you had your eye on and you didn't expect him to still be available in that 40 to 49 range. So I'm going to say that's Jameen Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. Um, No one's quite sure he's moving up the draft boards. They're not quite sure if he's first round yet. If he's still sitting there middle of the second Go up and get your guy. Get a, get a middle linebacker that can play for us. We've now got secondary and linebacker fixed. Round three is an easy solution. We go get Creed Humphrey, my center out of Oklahoma that can play any interior line position and didn't allow a single sack in three years against good competition. I'm stoked with that draft pick. I thought you were definitely going to say your second round pick was just the, a guy that falls. And I'm going to be like, wow, we're making blanket <laughs> statements for money. That's how we're going to pay me 10 bucks when a guy falls. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll chime in next. All right. My first round, I've had a crush on him for some time. Even though he's small, I want him. I don't want to play against him. Asante Samuel Jr. I think he'll be there. I like your Greg Newsom. I just don't think he'll be there. I think they'll have to trade up to get him. I honestly think he might be second or third corner taken. He's just that good. Um, But Asante Samuel should be there because he is undersized. Um, But he's dirty. He he plays dirty. Um, (laughs) They say he plays about six inches taller than he is. Um, He comes in with heat when uh, filling uh, the run game. Um, And he can blitz. Um, uh, so first round, Asante Samuel, FSU. Second round, a guy that I have fallen in love with overnight. And sorry, Ryan, if I steal your pick. But out of LSU, a guy who transferred from North Dakota State, Jabril Cox, linebacker. Um, I'm on the same page as Dan. Um, I honestly, I even said it, I think it's in the last episode or the one before, don't go linebacker. I trust in our middle linebackers. Well, after watching film on Jabril Cox, anyone who's listening to this, go watch film on Jabril Cox. He intercepts anything. He blocks passes. He blitzes. He can do it all, and he's still green. He's got a lot of learning to do, but throw him in with uh, our pass rushing linebackers and this middle linebacking crew. Um, he can also play the nickel slot. Uh, he's fast enough to cover wide receivers. This guy is a do-it-all guy. Get him in the second round if he's there. Then finally, third round, uh, I'm going defense again. I think they load up on defense uh, if their offensive lineman that they like is not there. I'm saying he's not there, and they go J. Tufeli. I think that's how you say it out of USC. This guy is a beast also. Um, they say he plays with like such a high motor um, that he normally he never gets pushed back. They say in the run game he normally always pushes the offensive lineman back. That's a guy we want next to Kenny Clark. That's a problem we've had for years. Um, he's a big dude, weighs over 300 pounds. Just stuff him in there and let him – eat up the double team so other people can get the tackle. Uh, those are my three. 
All right, I have my 30 screenshots up from PFF. So where do you tell me to stop when I when I hit it? Ready, go. <laughs> uh, stop. All right. I I would lean to the thought that they pick up a cornerback in the first round, but similar thought with Dan, I actually think one of these stud linebackers actually falls into our lap. So whether it is Bolton, whether it is, I think Davis at Kentucky keeps dropping, which is surprising. If Collins from Tulsa is available, when the Packers are up to pick, they will pick Collins with the first pick and think this will help us in the middle. Uh, I could see it happening where they Newsom is gone. Even uh, Asante, they're not totally sold on him where they go. I just need somebody that tackles and Collins is that guy from Tulsa. So I think they go Collins in the first Six, round. Five two sixty. That's so oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, otherwise, Jabril Cox in the second round is is somebody that I would love us to find. And a way to do it but second round I think we go offensive line and it's going to be my my number two love Cosme uh they get depth in the center of the defense they get depth at the center of the offense and then with that third pick I mean they could go so many different ways with this and it's it's really intriguing I, I could see them saying this is where we get our wide receivers from so I'll say that they come all the way up and get Eskrid from Western Michigan as that third round speed guy. And then they are set for making absolute mayhem in trades galore, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. You heard it, heard it here first, folks. Those are the 18 players the Packers are going to draft with their Correct. seven picks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Including anybody that falls further than five places where they are uh, <laughs> meant to go. But it's 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 just awesome. Uh, I think this draft, not even Packer side, Packer side, it's obviously exciting for all the reasons we said. But I think this draft is going to be crazy. There's going to be multiple moments each and every day where you go, what the hell is this team doing? And I am beyond excited for it. And you know what's best is like if the first four picks are all quarterbacks, it's it's people using up top draft picks on a position we don't need. Yep, mm-hmm. go baby. Go, the go, more go. that quarterbacks and even wide receiver and running backs go before us, the more it's pushing down positions of need to us. Yeah. But I'm so excited for the first ten picks because there's going to be something in there that you're just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what were they thinking? And it might even start with the 49ers based on some comments, but there's going to be something in the top ten where you're just like. Here we go. We're live. Let's go. <laughs> I can't wait. And we're going to be. In I think Tampa. it's going to be hard for them not to trade back. It's going to be hard. It's got to trade back. Yeah. You can trade up. I don't get, know. Get more. Get more. Ryan, Ryan, where are you taking us for round one? Round one, we're going to the largest cigar bar in all of Florida. So done. Check it. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean you got to smoke like eight cigars to get around the bar? Because I will die. Uh, no yeah we'll just keep sniffing them (laughs) you don't have to smoke it you just got to keep it lit so just yeah in the mouth in your mouth yeah (laughs) whoa whoa hey no not here on this podcast uh so cannot wait that will do it for this episode depending on where our levels are and what the packers do we might do a live reaction podcast this weekend or two or next weekend or two so we'll see man i i Knock on wood, it can only go up from last year's craziness. So, till then, thanks everybody. Go, Pat, go. Go.